Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Uh, hello, I've got a lovely episode for you this week, listeners. It's uh, Homo Sapiens. Have you all been watching Strictly? Uh, Jade Adams was eliminated. I cannot believe it because her dance was so good. I don't understand. The judges were like, oh, it wasn't very good. I did not understand it. And actually, it's so cool to see a same-sex dancing duo but it's not because of their sexuality. It's just, let's all chill the fuck out about male, female, everything. Um, and I've really been loving it. Uh, happy Ace Awareness Week, listeners, as well, by the way. Have a look at the socials, doing tons of stuff around that on the socials. Um, what have I got in the oven for you today? Well, at Gasmark 220, we have got the singer-songwriter Tove Lowe. You might know her as Tove Lowe. She's actually, the way you say her name is Tuvalu. I didn't know that until I interviewed her. Well, until I was doing, you know, what do you call it? Research for the interview, because believe it or not, listeners, I do actually rehearse. Rehearse? Research interviews. I don't rehearse them. I promise. Uh, she is a bloody hit machine. She writes her own hits. Tuvalu wrote that song, Habits Stay High, which is was a huge TikTok sensation. Look at me with my finger on the pulse. She's done loads of other stuff. She's written tons of bangers for all the queer icons, Dua Lipa, Ellie Goulding, Charlie XCX, and many, many more. She's got a new album out at the moment. It's called Dirt Femme. Um, we're talking to her today. She's a really interesting person because Tuvalu has historically always been very out and proud of being bisexual and has been very out and proud about her body and her feelings on things and all these things, which has actually had her being branded over the years as being sort of like a troublesome person. It's really interesting to talk to her about all that stuff. She's very, very interesting because, I don't know, she's just never been apologetic about any corner of herself. And actually talking about being a bisexual person in a relationship with a man is really interesting because it's one of those bi-erasure things that people talk about a lot. Um, and she's funny. So it's a lovely chat. That's coming up. Once I've got through all your missives, because it's been the inbox has been popping off. You've been writing in lots. It's been lovely. Please do more. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Instagram at homosapiens. Tell us what you thought of the episode with Asani Armon and tell us your agony uncles. Lots of you wrote those in as well. So we'll be getting to those. They're always anonymous. You can get in touch and um, we'll read them out and we will solve your problems free of charge, would you believe? It was also International Pronouns Day last week and we ask if you've ever changed your pronouns or or have you changed them recently and how that feels. A really lovely response, actually. BBD Craton wrote, About a year ago, I started using he, they. I get a feeling of power and strength using those pronouns. And I think it's so lovely to hear that because it's this subtle thing, but really lovely. I am totally fine with the he him pronoun personally um but i also think that 
I sort of have a problem with gender full stop. I don't know. I just don't really, I don't align with gender. I don't know what that means. Can somebody write in and tell me what that means? What do I mean by that? But I'm fine with he, him. Uh, but I also don't understand my own gender? Question mark. Um, EH5113 says, my name is Eric. My pronouns are he, they, but I mainly go by he, him. Hooray for pronouns is all I can say. Oh, and Maria says, finally told my friends that my pronouns are they, she last week, and they were great. Well, that's fab. It's so nice to be able to tell your friends. And interesting, Maria, that you've put they before she, because lots of people don't do that. So I wonder if that's your main one. Write in and let me know. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com. On to some emails. Anthony from Campbell has been in touch. Anthony, I'm going to tell you something. This makes me so happy I actually can't control myself. So thank you so much for writing in. Hi, Chris. You asked for suggestions for recipes with apples, because I did, because I was picking the apples on my tree. My go-to is always Eve's pudding. It's my husband's favourite and it's really quick and easy. It's so good. Interesting, Anthony. Quick and easy is my thing. I've been reading Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. Do you know him? I've been reading his cookery book because it's called Three Good Things or something and it's just easy to make, but it's healthy. And all that thing of like trying not to eat processed foods and trying to be da 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 and trying to eat healthily. And I don't know, it's always very complicated. And then if you get three good things... I really like that. It's also, uh, there's called Vegetarian One Tray Bakes, which is really good. One Pan Wonders. No, that's Jamie Oliver's one. Anyway, it's good. My mouth is watering. I'm going to read the recipe. Three eggs. Uh, this is the recipe from Anthony. Three eggs. Three or four chopped or sliced cooking apples. Six ounces each of self-raising flour, sugar and butter. If you want to fancy up, you can add a couple of tablespoons of ground almonds or some dried fruit. Lovely, maybe a raisin. You can either layer the apples underneath or just mix everything together and bake for about 30 minutes on gas mark four. Delicious with cream or custard. You will never look back. Anthony, thank you so much. I am going to make that and I will report back. Self-raising flour, sugar and butter. What more could you ask for? Mm. Thank you, Anthony. Then Matt got in touch. Uh, Hi, Chris. Just thought I'd get in touch following your question to Edward Enenful about whether he wanted a family and the subsequent listener comment that what was implied in this phrasing is that only having children constitutes family. Yes, I do remember this. I'm obviously going to get it in the neck again. Uh, Let's read on. Don't jump to a conclusion, Chris. Um, Let's read on the email and see. Loved the episode with Edward. So far, so good, listeners. What an inspiration that man is. Must admit, though, I winced too when I heard you ask this. Uh, We don't like wincing. My reaction wasn't to the phrasing of starting a family, though. I can see why maybe asking if someone has plans on having kids might be preferable. But if you're going to ask a question at all around this, even this is perhaps problematic, as it's quite a binary concept. It doesn't reflect the many ways to parent, give care to, nurture young people, sometimes for a lifetime, sometimes for a season, that people can and often choose for various reasons rather than having kids. I guess more broadly, though, I wonder whether asking a question about someone's interest in desire to parent is ever an appropriate thing to do. Would we ask cis straight people the same? I think generally we wouldn't these days, as you never know what someone's situation is and if they do or don't have a parenting desire. Interesting, yes. They may be on a parenting journey of some kind, which is sensitive. Fertility challenges or the often laborious adoption process if they do want kids, for example, are obvious ones. So is it okay to ask queer people the question? 
I can see why this might be seen as inclusive. Thankfully, everyone can in some parts of the world at least parent in one way or another if they decide it's right for them, however they identify. So therefore, let's ask queer folk this too, as we would straight people. However, as it's often much more difficult journey for queer people to parent for many reasons, if they do want to, perhaps even more reason for sensitivity and caution around asking this question mark. I often find when people have kids, they can slip into a way of thinking about parenting, which assumes that everyone else, if they haven't got them already, either wants kids, will want at some point, or will at least seriously consider having them. This isn't this just isn't always the case, and could be othering at times for people who are happily child-free. That's my experience, at least. Anywho, just some musings, really, on what can be quite a complex, sensitive topic to touch on, I reckon, but I thought I'd share. Love and continuing happiness to you and your family, however one defines such matt matt thank you for getting in touch yeah i know what you mean i think um i think we've got to throw it out to the listeners what do you think people is it okay as matt puts in his email is it okay to ask queer people the question of whether they want kids listeners hello at homosapienspodcast.com uh at homosapiens on instagram tell us what you think um but yeah you know it's complex isn't it i think that what i will say is that I have found having kids, having kids, having a kid, has made me feel on occasion slightly alienated from the queer community because I feel like people judge it as a heteronormative thing to do and therefore kind of get a bit rolly-eyed about it. Um, And I'm a bit more like I think I don't feel like anybody else should at all. Uh, And I actually, most of my friends don't want them um my queer friends uh and so I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm sort of tarnished with a brush of that I don't think that I actually think is more nuanced by people I talk to when I talk about having a kid which again is one of those things that straight people just don't have to deal with do they really well that's a that's a generalization but thank you listeners let's throw it to the floor is it okay to ask queer queer people if they should have children hello at homosapienspodcast.com at homosapiens on instagram now then what do we got next people let's go and chat to tuvalu the artist who i reckon you thought was called tovalo it's a lovely chat tuvalu is very funny end of story basically so it's just a lovely chat here you go have a good listen go check out her new album it's really good Listeners, I'm just telling Tuvalu that I was having a panic attack about how I said her name. I was like, your name is Tuvalu. But then I was like, I think that might just be her family's nickname for her. And I'm going to come on and be like, hi, hi, bunny rabbit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Do your friends call you Tuvalu? My friends would say Tuve. Tuve, okay. Or Tuva, yeah. Okay, so, Tuve. so which, which is my first name or like technically my middle name, but in Sweden... It's very, very common to go by your your middle name, which is called your spoken name, basically. So mm. you have like a, your first name can be like a name from like a grandparent or like, you know, um, your parents name or something. And then your second name is the name you are called and what all your bills like or credit cards, whatever that is in, right. in your middle name. And it's kind of stupid, really, when you think about it. But, <laughs> but, but my uh, my family nickname, I mean, I have many, but the other one is uh, Tusan, which means like 
little fuzzy ball. Oh, sweet. So if you really want to get personal, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> How funny that I said bunny rabbit and you actually are kind of called that. Yeah. That's a bit yeah. like a fuzzy ball, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I have a bunny rabbit on my arm. Oh, my God. It's a bunny with a knife in its back. Ah, yeah. okay. <laughs> first things first, who yes. wronged you? Who did that? <laughs> well, it, to me, it's kind of like bring on the pain a little bit. <laughs> She's there. <laughs> okay. Um, have you seen mm-hmm. that photo? Like, I feel like it was very early meme of that girl who stands in front of a burning building. And she has that like... <laughs> Kind of cheeky smile. So I showed that to the tattoo artist and a picture of Thumper. And I was like, I want like a more girly version of Thumper. And then with a knife in its back and the expression of that girl's face. And he's like, okay. And he did it. I have to Google this. So yes. that is amazing. Because Google Destruction Girl. And it destruction will... Girl. Yeah. I think is it this like a up. meme? I, I, I never know any memes. Well, this oh, is like, yes. like a really early one. Yeah. I have seen this. I didn't know it was a thing. (laughs) So do you think when you ask for that stuff, do they have like a big red button sometimes in the tattoo parlor where they're like, this person has a problem. Like, this is a problematic tattoo. We need to not. If it's something really ugly, they they like won't do it. And I think, yeah. And if it's something like sexist or racist, something like that, they won't do it. At least when I talk to Mm. my, uh, I mean, I've never tried. (laughs) But (laughs) when I ask them, (laughs) when I ask them, they're like, do you get, do you turn a lot of people down? And some are like, uh, you know, it's their body kind of, you know, you got to do what they want. But some are like, oh, I would never do anything like that. Like I can't have my work presented like that, you know? Yeah, well, so you know, sexism, racist, I understand. But just ugly, yeah. ugly is quite yeah. subjective. Yeah, it is very subjective. <laughs> but you have loads of tattoos. I, mm-hmm. I've never had one. How do you feel when you get one? Oh, it's so fun. I'm so... um like you have a lot of adrenaline and also the the process like um I got a few new ones now when I was in Australia because it was um by uh Harley who uh, who designed Sunshine Kitty for my last album like he designed mm. the the actual kitty and um cute. he's an incredible tattoo artist and does a lot of like cool cute cartoons and he can do anything but um he just has a very he does a lot of fine line tattoos which um they're not as painful. They heal a lot quicker. Uh, mm-hmm. They look quite like delicate. And me and some of my crew and him and his friend were tattooing us for hours. And we were just hanging out talking. And it's just such a good, fun vibe. But then you have this new art piece on your body. It's, uh, I love it. How, how much is a tattoo? Is it like hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or two dollars? I think it depends on where you go, but more around hundreds of dollars, I would say. Really? Unless you get like a cover your whole back, you know? Mm, yes. <laughs> Which I presume you're working up to? I don't think so, but I'm working pretty well on getting my arms kind of covered. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have my little scorpion here. Scorpion. But other than, yeah, other than that, it's just my arms, really. I haven't started any other parts yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to do bits at a time, right? You've got to leave yeah. enough space for... What's the oldest you can have your skin tattooed, though? Like, is there a stage where it gets oh, yeah. too papery and they won't do it? I'm not suggesting you're nearing that stage. I was just... <laughs> I'm like, why are we talking about age right now? <laughs> Typical. Honestly, Would you say this typical. to a male artist? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing to say, by the way, whenever I feel like I don't want to answer something. <laughs> really? Yeah, not really. But Well, I'll find out. <laughs> I actually don't know, but I can't wait to be... I kind of by that point want to be like 
covered. I would love to be an 80 year old woman just like covered in tattoos and just mm. have blue hair and be like, don't mess with me. <laughs> do you want to turn into the kind of old, because I, I do, the, the old curmudgeon, like really angry, telling people to get out your way. Just, I really yeah. look forward to that section. <laughs> I can't wait to like have no patience and not yeah. feel like, oh, I have to be nice now. <laughs> but you're so nice. That, yeah, I am nice. Yeah. And I try to be nice. <laughs> it, well, it works. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. One of the things I'm really interested in about you is that you're like this mega star, mega hit creator, but you come at it with no ego whatsoever. Is that, this is probably too reductive, but like, is that a Swedish thing or is that a you thing? Because I find the Swedes are just the, my favourite people. Like, they're <laughs> oh, like the Irish, like warm, kind, straightforward, <laughs> lovely. No, I think it's definitely, well, thank you. And I think it's definitely a, a cultural thing in that um, we have this thing called jantelagen, which is like, means that no matter what, you shouldn't think that you're better than or more valuable than anyone else, which is like a very um, nice mm. way to think about things. But it kind of turns also into that you're not allowed to be proud of yourself or to be uh, yeah. even say that you're good at something can be like, because I, I remember that early on going to the States and ask, like, so are you a good singer? And I'd be like, I mean, I sing, I don't know. And they're like, you got to be able to give me more than that, that than that you sing. Cause like, yes. you know, here it's more like fake it till you make it, you know? So, yes. um, I feel like that is very Swedish to not even be able to say that you're good at something. Um, mm. But then the quality is still very high. So like if I ask someone to like, can we get this done? Like, yeah, yeah, probably we can, we can try. can't promise. And then you get something really good probably. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Whereas in America, without wishing to generalize. Yeah. Because I'm about to generalize. Like, I think they're big on they're big on the promise, aren't they? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, no, but I also feel like, obviously, I think there's so much competition here that maybe if you haven't pulled something off yet, you think if you just get the chance, you probably can. Mm -hmm. And there's like, you know, so you take a chance on yourself. And sometimes maybe that doesn't <laughs> go all the way. Mm. <laughs> but, but I think there's something, I mean, I moved here because... As much as I love Sweden and, and I think the, it's a really good culture to grow up in, um, to kind of have that attitude, people still think they, they're still, you know, underneath the sort of behavior, you might still have other feelings than what you portray. But I feel like here, there's a lot of space to be whoever you want and to yes. people kind of celebrate your, uh, like, your way of however you want to be, as long as you do it confidently, that's just that's all accepted mm. <laughs> kind of and and that can be quite uh refreshing at times coming from sweden where it's very you know 
we all go the same direction and uh, don't veer off because that's annoying. And yeah. yeah, because you went to America right away, whereas often there's quite a big relationship between in music between Swedes and Brits as well, isn't mm-hmm. there? So it's interesting yeah, yeah. that you went to America and in a way, not that I am well-schooled enough to know this, but it feels like actually for you specifically, I don't know if things would have happened the same way because you did mm-hmm. go into like big very fast and that is America, isn't it? It was wild how it felt for as long as I had, you know, just hustled and tried to make something happen with my music and just, you know, gotten no after no after no after no, like since high school. And then, you know, re-release a song that I put out a year before independently. And then it just, it felt like overnight. It was so quick. Yeah, it was really uh, a lot of hard work, but like, it was just... All of a sudden, I was like, wait, I have fans now? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Did it change things for you or is it what you always wanted? Um, No, it's it's what I always want. Like, I I feel like I got to live so many, like, there was a lot of things I didn't know was necessary to do this, you know, that I hadn't dreamt of. But I feel like what I dreamt of came true. And I think I thought that songwriting was going to be my career and my artist project was going to be like my kind of solo like mm-hmm. independent side projects that would be kind of my fun outlet for just, you know, it just went so much further than I ever thought that it was going to go. Mm. Um, so, and, and I would have been, I love being a songwriter. It's still one of my favorite things to write music for, for other people. So like, it was just such a shock in a really lovely way. <laughs> but it's one of those things that's very, I'm aware this is how so many people work, but like mm. there's something, um, really humble about that idea that is quite un-American and actually quite un-British of like you know I'll do a mega hit with this person but then I'll do something on my own and like whereas like have you ever been contributing to a song and you're like with someone like Giulipo or all these people you've worked with are you like not gonna send that that's too good (laughs) (laughs) well no because I feel like I go in with I go in with the idea that this is for me or this is for someone else. And yeah. usually now, like if I, if there's a song like with Dua, it was always with her in the studio. So we were writing together because um, she's an incredible writer herself. So like she then, and then obviously it's very clear that like we're writing this song for her. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the same with like, even if it's like, hey, this artist is looking for for songs and, and you know, you kind of go in with the idea of like hoping to, may be able to pitch something that they then want to rework for them. Mm. You're kind of in the mindset of thinking of them. But then it's, it's sometimes it happens. You're like, you know, my, my publishers will be like, oh, you know, my publisher will be like this song, you know, that they didn't want it. I think it's such a good song. Could you maybe like remake it for, for you? And I have yet to try that, but, <laughs> but I feel like, <laughs> You're like Hang on, it's a possibility. Have a look around yeah. in your drawer. What have we got in yeah. here? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> what did Thingy not want? And you've worked with so many big names, a, a lot with Ellie Goulding, right? Um, and I think it's really interesting. I wonder if you agree. And But I feel like there is a, there are elements of similarities and qualities to your voice. So I imagine her hearing you do something must be amazing for her because it's like it's a song arriving for her that sounds like her almost. Would you agree with yeah, that? I think yes, but then I think that well, I think it's more like this. If you as an artist hear something and you like can picture your voice on it, then it's like, yes, you're like, oh, OK, I can I can hear myself sing this. And, and mm. then you can. I also think when you're doing demo vocals, you want to send to an artist, you can't you don't try to like 
sound like them because that's just you know that will just be <laughs> offensive <laughs> but, but, but i think you try to at least kind of put so, a tone that you know is like oh this is kind of the tone that i feel like this artist sings in a lot so i think that right. might give like yeah. inspiration you know it's a shame you never had to do a demo for barry white i mean that would have been <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like she sounds just like me this is so weird yes it's so weird <laughs> One of my favorite things in the world is to talk about songs that were turned down by people that were written oh, yeah. for other people. Because, like, <laughs> so isn't it like Rihanna turned down Toxic for Britney? Is that true? Which one's that? I heard it was that J-Lo turned down Toxic. But then I've oh. also heard that there was someone else who turned it down. I think, like, maybe everybody turned down Toxic. <laughs> Why? I mean, what would I you mean, have turned it down? I mean, who knows? Like, it was, it's not an obvious hit you know it's quite weird like if you think about the time mm -hmm. that it was released it definitely stood out the strings like kind of yeah. spooky yes. melody like i feel like i don't think that was direct for me when i heard it but then you're like i can't stop listening to this song you know i never and i choose my words carefully here but i never got spice girls wannabe mm. I, when i heard it i was like I don't understand this, which is often when things are brilliant and I don't have mm. to get it. It did all right. But, you know, like I was like, you know, is this a no. thing? OK. But I feel like that's just the way it is sometimes. And, and I think, honestly, that's something that happens when we're writing and you have like a line that, you know, some, everyone reacts to it. And some people are like, oh, I hate that line. Can you just change it? And some are like, mm. no, but I don't know. I keep like I keep expecting it now. Like, I, and, and then you kind of is it so bad? It's brilliant. Because that's the one line that then everybody will know and they will yes. hook them onto a song. Like, you know the song that says this and that, you know. So sometimes you kind of leave in things that are, you know, it's going to like frustrate some people. <laughs> or yes. like be the, to not make it so pleasant. You have to like mess it up a little to 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 sort of make people react. And, and that's kind of, um, I feel like that goes into lyrics or sometimes something in the music that like just fucks it up a bit to make it like, um, what was that? You know, yes. like you're saying, it's like, I, I don't even know what that. this is. Yeah. There's that song by, I wish I could remember the name of the band, but they're like around at the moment, dance act. And mm -hmm. this guy's voice comes in at one point and he goes, hang on, hang on, just quickly. Does, does that ring a bell? And, it, and he said it uh -huh. over the tannoy in the studio, but they kept it in because he, he, he came up with an idea for a melody, I think. I never know what I'm going to do. But it was like that lump and bump that they kept in. I need to find the song. I'll find it. Um, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes, everybody. But have you had that with your songs? Can you think of a time when something has been like... Ehh. Oh my God, all the time. I think also my... Ludwig Söderberg, who's like my my main producer and, and co-writer, who's who I've worked with since day one, pretty much. Like he he will just like because usually when I'm recording and I'm standing there, I do so many like weird noises. So I'm just like, and I'm like speaking Swedish but like gibberish to yeah. what I'm thinking, and and he will just use that and chop it up and like put it in the beat Great. so often. <laughs> I, Do you know, two things come to my mind when you say that. So I love Fred again, you know, the mm, artist. And yeah, me too. 
a DJ? Is he an artist or DJ? I never know what the... I feel like he's an, yeah, artist producer. Yeah. <laughs> Who DJs. <laughs> Who DJs. Good. Glad we cleared that up. But he often, for anyone who doesn't know him, you've got to go listen to him because he just uses bits of people's words and stuff mm-hmm. and repeats them and all of that and makes his music that way, which is, is lovely. But what I think I love about it and what I think queer people love about him, because he's not queer is it's full of melancholy and it's that sad Mm -hmm. bangers thing it's like it's so sad and it's so and I wonder if that's what I go to music for and I think that's why I don't get wannabe because it's not a sad banger (laughs) and I love sad bangers (laughs) but often you know your songs are sad bangers and I and I'm thinking about I think that's why the queer community connects with them Mm. because and I know that Robin is a massive influence on you and it's the same thing it's like you know how more can we crystallize sadness than I mean the first time I ever heard Depeche Mode enjoy the silence I think I actually just passed out because I was like this is how I feel inside Mm -hmm. yeah and we used to dance to it we used to go to this club night every Saturday night and they would always play it but you just wait the whole night for them to play it and then just like lose your mind (laughs) oh that's such a beautiful moment I feel like to me that emotional dance music is my favorite thing like I I just feel like and and I'm I'm with you on that when a song is too happy I feel like it's hiding something and it's not (laughs) fully honest (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. and and maybe it's like but I know I've I've talked to some of my friends who are like no when I'm sad I just want to listen to happy music so I can forget about being sad and I'm like really but then it's not connecting with the way you're feeling right now you know and I am so I want to dance but I want to feel my feelings and so I need the emotional like nostalgic or sad or like um just something that stings a little bit you know but do you think it's also that there's something to do with the like the sad banger you know that dance track that sounds Mm -hmm. happy but is actually sad if anyone's never heard that phrase I'm sure they have is it to do with I felt music put into words and action things I couldn't so it was how I accessed my emotions so I would Mm. allow myself to feel a certain way yeah whereas if you are someone who's perhaps more in contact with how you feel you maybe like happy music because you're like oh I felt sad the other day I got out of my system I just you know whereas I can only access that stuff through music Uh, yeah that's a good point and maybe because us buttoned up Brits and Swedes need it (laughs) yeah probably well I feel like I'm very um in touch with my emo I mean I'm I'm like my emotional journey every day is pretty intense and really? like pretty just you know it can go any direction so it's it was- morning where you are right <laughs> yes how many times so- you cried today <laughs> <laughs> well I kind of rolled out of bed and sat down <laughs> to talk okay. to you so I haven't had a second to cry yet but it was um, <laughs> I haven't had a minute my- to cry I've barely yeah. had some cereal okay. <laughs> yeah exactly but my I think my my well my now husband uh got to experience this very well we were on we were on like we were on tour and he came and visited and we um I had we had like a few days off in France and we mm. went to we had a dinner where yes we both got got quite drunk but it starts with like me being like on the verge of tears like tears are kind of just <laughs> about to start falling down my house because I'm telling him about some kind of sad documentary with animals are getting really tortured or something awful and he is not crying with me and i don't i'm like upset with him for not feeling (laughs) as intensely as i am about these animals yeah (laughs) he's like i'm sorry like if maybe if i saw it i'd cry i don't know why (laughs) and then two minutes later i'm I'm like like reacting old 
Baywatch scenes when there's like how like two girls when you think they're about to kiss but they never kiss and right. I'm like reacting this scene to him and he's like I don't understand how I'm emotionally supposed to like it. <laughs> Go along you. with you. Yeah, this is a lot. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's what I'm like lot. most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, part one is over. Uh, you can stay in your seats during the interval or you can go and get yourself an ice cream. Either way, the part two that you will want to listen to is in the feed. So it's there. Go get it. Go get it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Powered by Spirit Studios.